¿Qué pasa cuando muero? Ah, uh, cool. So we're just gonna have a chat for a bit, and then you know, at one point I'm gonna ask you what happens when I die, then you let me know what happens in the afterlife. Um, I like to record a little bit, maybe about two minutes beforehand, just so we can get into the ebb and flow of the conversation before, like, the quote-unquote podcast officially. What happens when I die? So. How long have you been doing Twitch for? I've been thinking about getting onto Twitch. Um, I did Twitch a good bit. Probably... I really got into doing it uh, more often in 2020, so like two years ago. Yeah. And it was a ton of fun. I had a lot of fun with my friends because it really is such a great experience to uh, play games or just do whatever, you know, and have people mm-hmm. to talk to about it. Because even if, you know, you're not talking about the game in general... You know, to have people see your stuff and become genuinely interested to the point where they're like, you know, if you're online, they are sought out to see you is a very, like, good thing to feel. But also, uh, me personally, at that time, I hadn't, like, gone to any kind of therapy or anything. So I was very much, like, in my own head about it. Um, And, you know, I'd watch other streamers and be like, this is what I need to do to be a good streamer, when in reality... Streaming isn't about, you know, being a good streamer or a bad streamer. It really is about you having fun with people that you meet on the internet without that, you know, need to have a conversation with them, you know? Like, you, yeah. don't, ha- you don't have to get to know people to have a... It's, it's, it's basically Talk to Stranger Simulator, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So if, if you're into that kind of thing where you get random people to show up and you just talk, and then you may never see that person ever again... Um, yeah, that is definitely something I would recommend doing. Okay, so it's good as like a essentially as like an outlet, just something to be able to. Because like you were saying, you hadn't gone to therapy when you started it. So was it a good outlet for you? As like a like was it? Here's my question: Was it like a because it, it sounds like you got into it at the at the beginning of the pandemic? Um. Was it, like, a good social outlet for you? Was it a good, like, emotional outlet for you? What would you say, like, how how was it an outlet to you? I, I would say, for me, it was a really good social outlet. Um, you know, I, I haven't been someone who likes to go out and do things uh, with, like, a ton of people, you know? But mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed talking to people and getting that like interaction and so this was kind of like the next best thing towards like you know i can sit down and enjoy things that i want to do so you know one of my favorite streams that i've ever done was i was playing minecraft um i wasn't doing anything in particular like special i wasn't like making a huge structure that was you know really good or anything i was mining and i remember having like a two-hour conversation with like 10 or so people about um 90s and early 2000s cartoons and just oh nice having such a great time getting to like talk to these people and that whole idea that's like you know i may never talk to you again but i can you know there's that 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 connection of similar interest um and it it almost is like when you the idea of going to like a bar and sitting down next to someone and just talking and eventually you kind of find something that you're both interested in and you just go from there so gotcha and, and it has it has that safety net of like you can dip out of twitch whenever you want yeah you could just be like all right i'm done for the day as opposed to like if you're at a bar 
and you're like, okay, I'm done talking to you, people would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to, you're not like having to get up and like walk away and then sort of know that you're still there. I mean, because once you kind of go offline, and the same thing with like Discord even, you know, if your friend says, oh, I'm going to bed, he might actually be going to bed. He might just be going to like watch TV on the couch or, you yeah. know do whatever so it's kind of like you know i say all right guys you know i'm tired uh, i'm done streaming for the night it was fun and i hope to see you all again soon it's like you know that's that's the end of it you'll i'll yeah. get to talk to you guys when i come back you don't know what i'm going to do and it doesn't matter yeah 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 okay all right so i might do it i've been thinking about i want to specifically do vtubing okay uh, yeah i want to do i want like as bare bones as a vtuber as possible like i'm thinking like a stick figure or like uh, uh, a really terrible looking lawn gnome just cause <laughs> a lot of, yeah, like a lot of VTubers put a lot of energy and emphasis on their avatar. And I think it would be hilarious to do the opposite. So if you wanted to kind of steal my idea for, you know, I, I, when I streamed, I always did webcam. So people, you know, people could see my face and stuff like that. It was never like mm -hmm. one of those things where I'd have to do like a face reveal or anything like that. Um, it, always yeah. is just like you you see me you know who i am and you can kind of get my facial reactions i would say so this idea that i came up for with uh it was a vr chat avatar idea but i would say it'd be as good of a vtuber avatar is if you wanted to essentially take the uh back half of your head and keep that into like an avatar kind of thing like same hairstyle but then your face is just replaced with like a completely blank mask like a, a white mask that has nothing but like eyebrows and yeah it, like beard or facial hair and nothing else to it so it's kind of like your face remains you know just this canvas uh, yeah but you have still you, have like characteristics that define you yeah yeah so you would still you would still be able to emote you would still be able to do that stuff you would just be <laughs> you would just be a little more blanker than usual yeah, so, I mean, like, because a lot of our emotions are conveyed in eyebrows, you know, in, like, cartoons and even in our real mm -hmm. lives, you know, eyebrow point down mean angry, <laughs> you know, or, like, eyebrows up mean surprised or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of like that idea of just, like, your eyebrows being the focal point of your face, also being, mm -hmm. like, this is your emotions that you're feeling. Um, while it has some kind of anon anonymous feel to it that your face is completely covered. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, when you mentioned a moment ago talking about getting into Twitch about the therapy thing. Are you getting into therapy now? Like, is that something that you've started doing? Yeah. So I uh, I started going to therapy um, in January of this year. And mm -hmm. that was just, you know, I, I kind of had had enough of just this emotional, just everything, you know, the yeah. world and myself not feeling not feeling proud of myself in any regard and not I feeling kind of helpless in the fact that I was just like I you know I can't do anything I don't want to do anything um and one of the things that I brought up in early therapy was that you know I want to do streaming I love to do streaming I love making videos I love editing um I love talking to people I just I get into my own head and become very self-conscious of the fact that you know it's like oh this isn't good enough I'm not good enough I'm never going to get anywhere um and so going to therapy, it's really helped me kind of overcome that fear. Yeah, I understand that completely. This is the first podcast that, like, I've thought of 
I, I have maybe seven or eight different podcast ideas throughout the years that I'm like, oh, this would be a great idea for a podcast. Uh, and then I'm like, ah, but like everyone else is going to think that's fucking dumb. And there are so many podcasts out there. Why even bother doing a podcast if it's going to be so fucking dumb? Uh, and I've started, I started going to therapy about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, for similar things, you know, I was uh, that 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 overwhelming sensation of just like, oh, this is existence, and I don't feel like doing anything because, you know, the whole the 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 thought of like, our lives are just a blip in the timeline of the universe, like you know, so why why try to do anything with it? Uh, but therapy is making me kind of realize like, oh, I am just a blip within the timeline of the universe, but so was like Shakespeare, you know, and his yeah. blip has become wider or like uh, Tex Avery, who's one of my favorite uh, Looney Tunes directors, you know, his his ideas are still being presented in like modern cartoons today. Mm -hmm. So even if you are just a blip, the impact you have may be more significant than the span of life you're given. Right. And I would even say to that effect, you know, if you have ideas for something and you're very passionate about it, that you should still, you know, you should go for it because there's an audience for everything, you know, there's an audience for weird shit, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, and it, and it all comes down to scale, you know? Um, you know, there's people like YouTubers and um, content creators who have multi millions. And, you know, uh, you know, PewDiePie has what I don't know how many subscribers now. You know, <laughs> too many, uh, no. too many. Uh. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, but you know, he has tons. But then there's people, you know, like Jesse Cox, who mm -hmm. hasn't even hit a million, and he's been on, he's been doing this stuff since the early 2000s. But he still makes yeah. great content, and in his scale, you know, he's very proud of what he does, and he should be, you know. So even if you, you know, if you make great content and you do what you love with it and you show it off to people, even if you don't make it to the multi-millions, it's still all about that scale. You still made an impact on, you know, people's lives. You shared something. Um, yeah. And that's, like, one of the things with, like, human knowledge is that it's all about sharing that knowledge, you know, because, you know... So it's even with like short stories that your grandparents told you or whatever the hell, it's something that kind of carries on between human to human. Because, you know, I might tell you something like my favorite color is orange. That's something you wouldn't have known unless I told you. But now you do. And so, yeah, and that's something like any kind I'm going to carry. Knowledge. I'm going to carry that piece of data, you know, for as long as my my short term memory uh, allows it. And <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying, like the. A lot of people don't realize, because I'm friends with a bunch of people who want to get into writing, right? Mm. Um, and I'm sure being a fan of, like, tabletop games, you understand this. People will come up with, like, all of this world building and this lore, and then they don't do anything with it. They just let it kind of sit and slowly dissolve away in their brain. Uh, and I, <laughs> I try to positively guilt trip those friends into being like, bruh, you created a whole universe, like... <laughs> Because you are sentient, there is semi-sentience within those worlds, and now you've doomed them to annihilation if you don't get it out on paper. <laughs> like, you know, you're gonna you're you're the destroyer of galaxies if you don't do anything with it, and that's kind of fucked up. You you are ultimately the destroyer of your own worlds. Um, yeah. No one else is. Yeah. Uh, 
and it is it is really sad to see people do that kind of thing um a lot of the times just because of being afraid of how other people judge it uh, and that was one yeah. of my big things was I was afraid that people were going to judge me on Twitch for, you know, if I if, if I said something stupid or I wasn't doing as well in a game or something. But in reality, you know, you're not going to please everyone. And, and there's seven there's more than seven billion people on this planet. Not every single one of them is going to love you. And it doesn't matter because you yeah. are essentially the only you and you're the only person's emotions that you can control. So, yeah, why should everyone else's matter? Um, yeah. That's a very that's a very stoic uh, uh, statement of being like all you can really control is just you and your and your um, perception of things. And it's and it's the same way around the other way, you know. People can't control you, so if people you're know, like, oh, this guy's dog shit at playing um, whatever the hell. This guy sucks at Minecraft. This guy sucks at Hearthstone. Um, yeah. Who, who cares? You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they might be the gods at, at whatever game you're playing, you know, but in reality, it really shouldn't affect how you perceive yourself because they don't control you. Yeah. Especially no, as I... adults. Cause like, you know, as kids, we kind of create these, like these safety nets that like, oh, we have to listen to these people who are more knowledgeable than us. We have to yeah. listen to these people who, you know, essentially kind of control what we're feeling. But, you know, as adults now, it's like, why should I? Why should it matter at all? Because I kind of create my own path, and ultimately every decision I make in my life is mine. You can take advice from other people. You know, someone's like, hey, you're dog shit at this, do this instead. You can go, you know, okay, you can consider it, but you don't have to take that to, you know, heart to really, you know, hurt yourself yeah. for that. Yeah, so I, I do stand-up comedy, and stand-up comedy is rough because I feel like it's one of the few forms of expression that you get immediate feedback to the thing you're creating mm -hmm. where with like a story or something you know you work on it for a while but if you do comedy you immediately know whether or not uh what you're doing is good and sometimes you could be doing something good but it's just an off night and you're not delivering it as well as you can um but even in those situations it's it's really difficult to not take a lack of laughter to heart, you know? Right, and, no, absolutely. Uh, and a lot of people get disencouraged when doing comedy because they're like, people aren't laughing. And it's like, yeah, um, because no matter what you do in life, when you do it for the first time, you're going to be dog shit at it. Oh, yeah. The, the goal is to be less dog shit than you were the day before. Uh, and if you feel like, if you personally feel like you're growing in the thing that you're doing, it doesn't matter whether or not the people around you recognize your growth, as long as you can recognize your growth. You know, if two weeks later you get three chuckles, people from that night are going to be like, you're dog shit, but you're going to be like, last week, you know, nobody laughed at me. This week, I got two chuckles. Yeah. Like... You, the more you do something, uh, you know, obviously the more you, you'll get better at it. But also, I would say, you know, in this sense too, um, for people who get discouraged from this, it, it really is like you have to kind of think about it like maybe I didn't have the right crowd. Because even in people who multi, you know, high, these huge comedians that people love, you, know, you always see these clips of 
a heckler in the crowd being like, oh, this show's fucking shit. You're not funny at all. You know? Yeah. Like, those people exist, and people aren't going to find that kind of stuff funny. So, you know, sometimes yeah. you get to these these situations where you say something, and, you know, people don't find it funny. Well, you probably just got the wrong people because, you know, a lot yeah. of other people would find it funny. Yeah, not all art is for everyone. Yeah, like, I think the some, some of the things where it's like, I painted a cube onto a canvas and it sold for $4.2 million. I think that's stupid. <laughs> but yeah. that's just me. See, I'm one of those people, I absolutely love uh, minimalist paintings where, like, the focus is on the uh, the texture when mm-hmm. it comes to the artwork. Because, like, me and my partner went to a uh, an art museum and they have this beautiful collection of um, of those types of paintings. And she stared at them for just a moment. She's like, really? White on white canvas? I was like, but it's more than that. Like, look at this one has like <laughs> specks of sand in it. And this one is using like a bunch of different gradients of white to create this really interesting pattern that you only recognize if you focus. And she was like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go look at this <laughs> painting of a duck. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, that's See, fine. Yeah. I don't like the duck. You do. That's for you then. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, everyone has their, their, you know, different opinions on things. And that's the thing is you, you never really do change someone's opinions on something they kind of, they have to change it on their own. You know, I can't reach in there and tell you, you know, all oh, that painting, that painting's dog shit. You know, you mm. have to read into it yourself before you can really determine whether or not you like it. But even, you know, even then there are outside forces that kind of force into that, but I think you really do become your own person when you can kind of take those outside forces and ignore them. Just block, you know, yeah, block them out to the point where it's like, you know, your opinion is your own, your ideas are your own. Um, yeah. And I would say it, it in a similar vein, even if you do take, you know, other people's opinions to heart, find out what aspect of that opinion opinion is actually like worth taking. Cause if pe- people are going to throw a lot of shit at you, regardless of what you do, but just because they're throwing shit doesn't mean that there's like a little diamond in some of those, in some of that shit slinging. So finding, you know, like always, always, I would encourage whoever's listening, always be open to criticism, but recognize when you're allowed to push the criticism away and go, oh, you just don't get it. Or like, oh, this just, this isn't for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Has, has there been anything recently that that's happened to you? Like you were saying um, that sometimes it may take somebody a while to truly process something. Have you like, what is some art that you have changed your interpretation on that you were like, eh, I used to hate it, but now like I, I see the value in these things that are being created. Mm. That is a tough one. I would say I've gotten a lot into different musics, like listening to mm-hmm. music of different genres and time frames a lot more um yeah because i used to be very i don't know the correct word i guess the very, very like tunnel visioned on my music like i had i had a type of music that i would listen to and this was the only kind of music that i would listen to uh it was what like, type was that i usually listened to like uh osts from like games that were like medieval kind of style uh, yeah, nerd here, uh, but um, 
you know, in the last few years, and especially recently, it's, uh, I got a vinyl player, a vinyl record player that also has, like, 8-track yeah. and cassette player. And oh, nice. So, you know, I got a ton of vinyls from, like, my grandparents that have songs that I would have never listened to if I hadn't, you know, put them on and just played them. And so it's, and, and like, you, you kind of hear them and you kind of feel like you are someone during that time hearing it for the first time because you're getting that same experience, you know. You're hearing what they've heard, you know, 30 years ago for the first time and you kind of are like, wow, this this is really good. Uh, or this, you know, or I don't like this, but this exists and I've heard it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm somebody who is i like to explore like sub sub genres in music like i'm not somebody who like listens to punk or listens to metal i'm somebody who's like oh yeah i love like funeral doom or uh gypsy punk or electro thrash which is very different than electro punk which is very different than like i'm one of those uh types of people <laughs> and for a while it was difficult for me to listen to anything that was just like an over genre like pop music it took me a long time to just like embrace pop music and i can now openly say take me home by one direction is one of the greatest albums i've ever listened to yeah no. and good oh sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to interrupt you yeah i mean um i remember back years ago uh, i think i was probably in like the end of fifth grade or something mm -hmm. um and as lame you know as lame as i would say it is now <laughs> but you know or i wouldn't even say that now anymore as like high school me would have said that like oh this was cringe that in the fifth grade i really liked one one direction song i yeah. you know i feel like there's now like there still is like this kind of stigma to liking certain genres of music yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, there's music that I don't like just as much as the next guy, but I feel like there is still, like, this kind of stigma to, like, oh, you lis you've listened to, like, you like One Direction, like, cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I listen to Creed unironically, and people are like, ugh, you like Creed? And it's like, well, like, I can appreciate Creed. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to, uh, like, evangelize and be like, everybody needs to listen to Creed, but I'm gonna listen to it. And I'm allowed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this this goes back to that whole idea that it's like you you essentially control you like you control your desires, your likes, you know, and your opinions yeah. on things. It shouldn't matter that you know someone called you cringe for listening to, um, you know, Creed or whatever you listen to. And I mean, something that I think has kind of come up a lot in society in the last few years is this kind of culture of the internet, which is if you like something unironically then you're stupid and i really do hate yeah. that because it's like you know you can't really share that you're like into something or like i really enjoyed this game or you say good game to someone who's being toxic and it's like you you said that cringe you know yeah yeah i feel I've like noticed... that's starting to feed into other parts of society just because people you know everyone uses the internet yeah, you see it. I mean, everything from sports teams to politics to fucking like movies that are being enjoyed. I like um I'm friends with a bunch of people who love schlocky horror unironically. Like 
the shittiest, shittiest of the shit horror movies uh, <laughs> to where, like, you can tell they're filmed in someone's backyard. I love that stuff. And <laughs> these friends love that stuff. And when we try to get other people into it, they're like, oh, like, this is so atrocious. Like, how can you like this? This is so low quality and bad. And it's like, yeah, like, it's there's a charm to that. There's a right. charm to to these people who, even though at some point they were probably like, I mean, they probably weren't, but there was a chance some of them were like, this is the shittiest of shit movies that were ever made and nobody's going to watch it. And now, you know, there's like cult followings who are like, yeah, your shit, your shit movie is so good. <laughs> we love your shitty movie. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel that way about, um, was it Evil Dead? Like that's how the Evil Dead movies mm-hmm. kind of were. Was that it's like, oh, this entire movie was filmed in this house with like shitty effects on a budget. But I absolutely, and I know a ton of people, love Evil Dead. Yeah. And the yeah, whole Evil, Evil Dead, Dead franchise. Yeah, absolutely. I like from Evil Dead to Army of Darkness to uh, Ash versus Evil Dead and then on to like other Sam Raimi movies. Uh, Evil Dead is a perfect example of like, like, what the fuck are we watching? And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is this is one of the greatest movies ever made. And it's like, but you can tell this is all stop motion and like shitty practical effects. And it's like, yeah. And they still did this. Right. I, I feel that way about like, that's kind of that idea now. I mean, cause there, if, you know, you can see this in games, like people who review games, you know, they're like, Oh, the graphics are dog shit in this game. Uh, bad game. Never going to play it again. Zero out of 10 stars. You know, I feel yeah. like graphics have become such a big focus in the video game industry that, you know, we're getting shitty products now. Cyberpunk 2077, it, yeah. you know, they tried so hard to make it optimized and they, you know, for like older consoles, they couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. They focused so much into that aspect of it that they kind of lacked out on the rest of it. Um, yeah. A Battlefield 2042, I, don't, I think that's the right year, I don't know. Um, who know who cares it's a shit game (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's so bad i can't even remember the title um you know it's so bad in gameplay but the graphics even the graphics aren't that good you know it feels like companies and just you know things in general are focusing so much into like they want they want to use the top of the line like motion cap graphics that make that everything look beautiful you know when in reality, it should focus more. I think, I, me personally, I feel like things like that should focus more on gameplay, focus more on story. Yeah. I mean, you look at Minecraft, and Minecraft is literally just pixels, and it is yeah. the, one of the biggest games ever to come yeah. out. And still and today, like, you know, like there's like, like 4K how many, games. Yeah, like how many people do you know that when Minecraft comes up, people start sharing their Minecraft stories of like, oh, one time me and my friends did this, or like one time uh, in uh, survival mode, I was able to get this far and create all of this stuff. Or uh, uh, like, I'm trying to think of other like shitty looking games. Oh, Papers, Please. Papers, Please is one of the worst looking games I have ever seen. Um, But I have pumped hours upon hours of that game into in in like into it because it's just the gameplay and the story is so compelling i was like i don't give a shit about these graphics because i care about what's going on 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, one of my all-time favorite game that I've played for years since I was, you know, a little kid was World of Warcraft. And um, a lot of the stuff in World of Warcraft, they haven't updated the graphics, but I still find that so beautifully charming because it it captures what it's supposed to capture. You know, these things like these. Um, the first thing that came to my head was there's these um, these torches that are like tree stumps that are carved into like um, like you know those Native American totem poles. It's like a yeah. totem pole torch, and in my head, you know, it's it's not a great model, but it doesn't matter. That's not a great model. It like captures the the culture of the people that have made them, and it like yeah. captures the essence of the story. You know, and that's a very like minuscule example, but yeah, you know, I feel like, and I and World of Warcraft story, uh, I love the absolute hell out of that story. I have listened to multiple hours of lore videos, and I've read books on this. I've done book reports on you know the story for it, and a lot of yeah. people say that the game looks like shit, and it's like yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. you get into it, and it doesn't matter how the game looks. It's how you kind of invest yourself into it, whether you get into the story hardcore or you yeah. get into the, the gameplay of it, because, you know, a lot of people love that MMO grind. Um, yeah, dude, that's why RuneQuest is still around, because that, game, <laughs> that game's just nothing but fucking grind. <laughs> yes. Number go up, number go down. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's why people like the stock market, because they're just like, number go up. Oh, number oh. go down, number go up. It's a hundred percent. That is a hundred percent why. I mean, what more of an adrenaline rush to like spend ten dollars on a stock and then watch it go like mass massively? You know that I haven't seen this happen. You know, it go up to like fifteen dollars a share. You would, you would be in love. You'd be like, yes, please. And you just sell it all. <laughs> like that adrenaline <laughs> rush, that like dopamine high, of just being like, I just made fifteen dollars or five dollars share. Woo! <laughs> I, every, I tried, so back during, you know how everybody got into stocks back in 2020? Yeah. Uh, I did nothing but lose money to the point where I just, <laughs> like, I cashed out. I cashed out and closed it down. I was like, the stocks aren't for me. I don't have fun with this. I I don't blame you. I, I know people who put in tons of money into cryptocurrency pre, um, like, COVID, and was yeah. like, this isn't going anywhere. Sold it all for like very minuscule amounts, and then saw how much it got up to last year, and yeah. literally were like, I hate myself. I had a friend who did that. He had like thirty Bitcoin, and sold it back in like twenty sixteen. Ooh, yeah. And now he's like, oh, huh. Imagine what my life could have been. And I'm like, no, don't imagine what it could have been, because like <laughs> that's never gonna happen. Just deal with what you've got going on now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I knew a guy who had a ton of, like, Ethereum as well. Like, absolutely hundreds and hundreds of Ethereum. Sold it oh. all for, like, like 20 cents. Oh, man. Yeah, I look back at, like, the first pizza that was ever bought with Bitcoin, and it was bought with, like, 1,600 Bitcoin. Yeah, whoever, whoever got that 1,600 uh, in Bitcoin for that pizza is filthy rich at this point. Or if it was that yeah, business... No, I yeah, I because I think it was Domino's. I could be wrong, but I'm almost certain it, it was like Domino's, which explains how they were able to come back as a pizza place. <laughs> yeah, Domino's did hit a rough patch there, especially, I don't know if this, 
I don't know if that was before the whole like avoid the noid thing happened with the guy in the hostage situation. You know about that? Oh yeah. I wonder if this was before that or after. I don't know. I think I think it was after. Okay. Because yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't think know my Domino's lore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that deep Domino's lore. That's all right. You could stick to World of Warcraft. I'll stick with my Domino's okay. and Pizza Hut lore. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> so let's see with the the expression stuff because i really i really enjoy a lot of the stuff you're having to say about because like i agree and it's something that like uh i feel like when it comes to the mental health journey i feel like you and our and i are in similar places of like we we need to remember that any kind of creative endeavor we do is for us and no one else even if we do make a piece like towards something else like i do collage work and i just did a collage piece directed at the texas governor greg abbott because in my personal opinion he's a giant piece of shit and doesn't deserve uh uh any of any any good thing to ever happen to him ever again (laughs) um i'm not gonna wish ill upon him you know that's not my place as a person to wish ill but I hope no good either. I hope nothing. I hope <laughs> I hope nothing good or bad ever happens to Abbott again. But that collage piece was for me to express my disdain. It wasn't for anybody else to come and agree with my disdain or to recognize my talent in, in collage or to recognize anything like that. Mm. I had something I wanted to say and I felt like collage was the only way to express it. And I was able to truly express how I was feeling about this person I do not like. And, that, um, and that's a really beautiful thing to really to find an outlet where you can express, you know, even, you know, any kind of emotion, uh, good, bad. Or, I mean, there, I say bad. There is no bad emotions because, you know, all emotions yeah. are good and are valid to everyone, you yeah. know, because if you are if you hear something and you are crying because of it, you know, it's something important to you somehow, some way, you know, you see something yeah. that makes you laugh. It's it's a great emotion, you know. Something that makes you angry. It's you know it makes you feel, and it's a very yeah. big thing. And it's a great way. It, you know, it's great when you can express that in something that you find to be like a, a an outlet where you can get that all out, and then at the end of it, look at it and say, it doesn't matter what other people say. I am proud of this. Yeah, yeah. And I like what you have to say about the the there. That's true. There are no bad emotions. There are emotions that will uh, um, affect you and the things around you positively and emotions that will affect you and the things around you negatively. And like my, you know, my disdain for Abbott, I could have taken it and done, you know, I could have committed crimes Mm -hmm. in the sake of my anger, or I could have um, taken that anger on anybody that I associate mentally with Abbott, Mm -hmm. you know, I could have I could have gone screaming at conservatives about being like, oh, you're a piece of shit for believing, for supporting, for blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, like, who who does that benefit? Because it doesn't benefit me. It mm-hmm. forces me to stay in this rut of negativity when, you know, creating that collage piece allowed me to put down a lot of the the anger and grief I was carrying about, you know, stuff that happens here in in texas right and 
um, and this, you know, this whole thing is something that my, my therapist has shared with me, uh, you know, about the whole emotions thing. Cause you know, anger is a very powerful emotion. You know, it can cause wars. Yeah. It can, you know, it could kill us all if, if someone got yeah. angry enough, someone powerful enough got angry. So, you know, and even in us, you know, common folk, you know, it's powerful enough to destroy relationships, you know, to mm-hmm. ruin lives. And, but that's the thing. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to be angry about yeah. anything. It really isn't being angry bad. It's how you express it, how you convey it. Because, you know, everyone gets yeah. angry with family, with loved ones, with friends, you know. Sometimes your friends are going to say something stupid that you don't agree with or something that you're like, oh, you know, this is this is the worst thing. Why but, would you say that? Yeah. Kinda. And, it, you know, you kind of have to look at that and go, I'm angry and that's okay why am I angry and how can I yeah. come out of this? Because, you know, the way that she's, you know, that my therapist put it with, you know, if I ever disagree with someone is just sort of, you know, if I get angry at someone is not, you know, get pissed at them and yell at them. You can treat people with kindness and disagree or state what you mm-hmm. feel, disagree and still be kind, you know, and it's okay yeah. to also be firm with that. Cause being firm is not being rude. It's, you know, you are you, and you have your opinion. Your opinion is valid and important to you. So if yeah. you feel these emotions that are also very powerful, it's okay to let that out, but you want to make sure that it's not in a negative way. You want to make sure that yeah. you are putting it out on the table as, um, you know, I am very firm about how I feel, but I'm going to treat you with kindness because I know that you probably feel the exact opposite. And you want to be firm in the way that you feel, and that's okay. Yeah, that's why I I personally love I I I kind of consider myself one, but that's where right. I, I really like Buddhism because Buddhism whole thing isn't like oh don't feel emotion. It's feel emotion for as long as you are supposed to feel that emotion. If you're mad or angry or happy or you know any of those any of those emotions, you're allowed to feel them. Don't dwell on them. Don't don't pick them up and carry them further with you in life than you need to. Mm-hmm. Experience them in the moment you're supposed to experience them, and then recognize that like, okay, I've had my moment of, you know, I've had my my proper timing of grief or my proper timing of anger, and that feeling is still gonna come with me. But I need to recognize that it isn't the force that is gonna be driving me anymore it will you know it took its time in the driver's seat that it needed to now i am allowed to move on and continue forward with it as a passenger and only giving it the attention that it that it deserves not the attention i want to give it right i would say you know in that case you know emotions are kind of like uh like transportation you know you are kind of walking yourself through this through this journey this life and mm-hmm. every once in a while, you're gonna get you're you no know, you're gonna get emotional. You're gonna give you know times where you're really happy, and it's like it's like a bus, and you kind of get on that bus, and you should ride it for as long as you need to, but then you sort of get off and continue on your journey, or yeah. you get angry and you kind of you need a break and you just need to let something carry you for a little bit. You let it carry you, and then you get off, and then you just keep walking. Yeah. You just keep going. Yeah, I agree. And because like that's a lot of a lot of uh, a similar you know that's a, a a parallel interpretation of a lot of what the Buddha says. I think the biggest issue I have with Buddhism 
is like the concept of reincarnation. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's something uh, I believe in because you, the, you know, the afterlife is, is, or afterlives or whatever it is, is so vast in like possibility and realm of scope. I feel like it's kind of horseshit mm-hmm. to just be like, oh yeah, no, when I die, I just come back. You know, life is like a, a roguelite game where <laughs> you, you die and you start over with a different character role and uh, try to get further than you did last time. Right. Here's my question. Uh, just because <laughs> it's the, the, na- the name of the show. Uh, Nate, what do you think happens to me when I die? What happens to you when you die? I personally believe, and this is something that I've, you know, found my way into by this belief within the last year or two at the most, um, is whatever you want. Whatever you yeah. believe will happen. Yeah. Because, you know, in my eyes, in my mind, if there is, you know, the creator of the universe, whether we're in a fucking simulation, whether we're, you know, a god created the universe and everything, right? An all-powerful being, have you, were to create life that is sentient and can come up with these ideas, these grandeur ideas of an afterlife whether it be reincarnation these ideas of becoming a ghost an idea of a heaven where there is no problems there is nothing or like going to hell and doing all this stuff you know whatever why would this god damn the people of you know this creation to like this this afterlife that is horrid you know why would it not yeah. use its all it's power to do literally anything to just create an afterlife of whatever you believe. So, you know, people, cause like, if you think about it in terms of like a Christian God, why would this all knowing, all loving God create these realms of, you know, heaven and create hell, like good and bad. And then the people who came before, you know, like Christ be like, Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, you didn't figure it out. So, uh, go to hell. You know, it's like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. That doesn't make sense at all. So so do you think, like, it's more than just a binary type of thing? Do you think it's one of those things where, like, every afterlife exists? Yes. Or... I, I, I think that, you know, essentially whatever you kind of believe is where is where you want to go, is where you will go. Because, I mean, again, you know, why would that not be the case yeah. for, like, a god that is so powerful? You know, in, in also in the sense that kind of would explain every religion. You know, people who say they've seen... You know, they've seen hell, they've seen heaven, people who've seen ghosts, people who believe in reincarnation and have seen reincarnation through, you know, lineage and, you know, all that shit. This is, it's one of those things where it's like sometimes the most simple explanation is the right explanation. And, you know, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, the Occam's razor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one. It's definitely, uh, well, actually, I really like your answer because it's all of the answers you know, like to, it's very bold to be like, what happens? You know, what what's the afterlife like to just go, oh, all of it, everything, whatever, you, whatever is... you want. You know, <laughs> yeah. everyone kind of has this idea, this ideal afterlife. You know, I've talked to my friends who said that they would love for reincarnation to be a thing, even if they weren't reincarnated as a human, reincarnated as a plant, as an animal, to kind of see this world and potentially other worlds, because you know we don't know if there is 
I mean, obviously, if we exist, there's probably life somewhere out in this vast bullshit of universe, you know, to be yeah. reincarnated somewhere within there, you know. And then, you know, yeah. some people, you know, I've I've grown up here um, in the South my entire life and grew up as a Southern Baptist. You know, there's people who believe and want this perfect golden afterlife where they see their friends and family and have no harm, have no, you know, no problems, nothing but happiness. Um, yeah. You know, and I've met people who want, like, just this, you know, hellish scape of just, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. And I know, you know, personally, my afterlife, and I would like to ask you what yours is. Um, oh, yeah, actually, I want to hear, I want to hear yours first. If, if my theory is correct, and essentially whatever you have happen, you know, and you could even say yeah. that you want nothing. You want you to close your eyes for the last time, out. Nothing. I, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. And I think that may be part of why I do this podcast is because like, you know, I, I have a hard time choosing what's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get, I get that kind of thing in this moment. Cause you know, I can, I could always change my answer down the line. I can change my answer after this podcast is done. Yeah. But in this moment, I think I would like I would like ghost afterlife. I would like to exist in a plane relatively close to this one mm-hmm. where I can still see things that are going on and I can um you know check things out. My fear, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie A Ghost Story. I've um not, unfortunately. <laughs> it is it it's phenomenal. It's a film about a guy who dies in a car crash. And he becomes a sheet ghost, and he just experiences time after he's dead. So, like, time keeps jumping, right? And he there's, like, almost no dialogue the entire film. But you're just following him haunt the house that he lived in when he died. So he sees, like, his wife grieve, and then his wife recover from grief. And then, like, new people move into the house. Uh, and just, you know, time just keeps going forward and forward and forward. Um, and that scares me, but it's also appealing to just, you know, to see the longevity of something, you know, just, I think it would be very humbling to experience everything after me and maybe even before me, you know, if, if ghosts aren't applied to the same perception of time as we are you know to like see my life in this house or whatever house i die in and all of like you know see all of the mistakes that i made and all of the positive things that i i championed throughout my life Mm. i think i think that would be in this moment i think that would be ideal yeah and that and i think that's a very beautiful thing um because in my mind that you know that is I could perceive that as almost like a spectator kind of thing where you can yeah. latch onto yourself or even other people and kind of just watch their whole life unfold before you yeah as like a spectator um, yeah and I think that is I think that is something very beautiful um, what about you what's your ideal what would what would you like so my ideal is is not a world is not a, a realm or whatever of 
pleasure of just, you know, this infinite, everything is good, everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in a a perfect world is not a perfect world because you only get one half of what we perceive as emotions. And I'm a person who loves to feel emotions because, you know, it makes you feel alive. So my perfect realm would not be one without conflict. It would be one with conflict, with anger, with, you know, pain and suffering, but also joy and happiness in everything. And, you know, I think a lot of people kind of create ideal worlds you know as someone who creates D worlds same as i you know you kind of create yeah. this world that you would almost say ideal is like you know a world where no one is kind of left to rot no one or like not left to rot but in a sense that no one is powerless a world where you can kind of make yourself anything of anyone and just go at it and, you know, yeah. as lame as it is, and I know if, if anyone I know that listens to this, uh, and I hope they do, will hear me say that, you know, my kind of uh, role model world that I would go into is is the world of Warcraft, just because of how I very much perceive it to be, you know, such a beautiful thing that there's, you know, there's pain and there's hatred and there's conflict, and but there's so much beauty and there's love and... Um, just the experience of it all that you and you know anyone can do pretty much anything and yeah it's you know it's such a yeah. vast world of technological feat while also having this unnatural magical prowess you know but i think you know that would be my ideal thing is to live through that and hopefully within that you know if it were to continue i would find a religion in that where it just keeps going and my soul, my consciousness, you know, though I don't remember my past lives, would continue down this line of I find a religion of happiness until eventually I hit this form of either, you know, I'm done. My soul is, is ready yeah. for eternal nothingness and it's lights out. Or, um, you know, I sort of hit this enlightenment of the same thing where... I've kind of lived through the aspect of every, you know, every aspect of conceivable life to ever exist through conscious minds and, you know, eternal being. And I just, I'm done. I've hit it all. Yeah. It's complete. But I think for my current one, or sorry, go ahead. Like a continuous, um, like a continue, like reincarnation, but it isn't in this world or this realm. You just continue through every conceivable type of universe that could exist. Right. Yeah. I mean, ideally, you know, like I said, my next one that I would love to go to is the world is is you know the world of Warcraft. But you know, in there, you know, maybe my, I would hope that my person kind of finds the same idea and would come up with an ideal world that they think. You know, and they would, and I would go to that, and maybe it is a loop. Maybe you know, I eventually come to a <laughs> world of simple. You, you know, I'm back yeah. to being a human on Earth that's simple and follows, you know, governments and you know, normal war and stuff. Follows no, you know, outside force kind of stuff. There's no guarantee yeah. of like a god or anything like that. It's just you know what it is is what it is, but. Um, you know, I'm focused on I'm focused on me at the moment on my current idea of where I would like to go next. Um, yeah, but I think and at the end of, go ahead. No, sorry. Um, 
I was going to say, oh, no. No, no, you go, you go. (laughs) No, you know, you go. You're good. Um, You know, it's, for me, I think that a lot of people are afraid of what comes in the unknown. You know, even Mm -hmm. death, streaming, making a podcast, doing stand-up comedy, making an artwork, that unknown is the scariest fucking thing. The unknown of what's in the yeah. dark, anything. You know, that I could keep going because there's so much that we don't know ourselves, but also yeah. as a race. But, you know, in my head, this idea that I have now that what I truly believe and what I truly want, where I will go, is almost euphoric. And you kinda hit the you kinda get this feeling of just you know weirdest word I or I guess the best word I can put it is like this zen this this equilibrium of you're comfortable because it shouldn't matter what's in the unknown because you don't know and I won't know until we get there you know I could be completely wrong I close my eyes and it is nothingness but yeah you know it's still nice to believe and to think that wherever I will end up is what I want and it is a safe and like it's like this holding feeling around you where you feel warm and you're at peace it's the same thing with any religion you know some people find peace in in believing that you know they all be reincarnated or they will um be enlightened or they'll go to heaven whatever it's that same idea that all religions follow it's, that you kind of yeah you feel like you know what's coming next but we really don't so so you so you would say it's more important to have something that brings you peace and brings you comfort and allows you to be the best person that you can be as opposed to choosing something that is quote-unquote right yeah i would say you as a person kind of find you know and we're very young um yeah as we go through life and you know my idea of a perfect world may change you know i may find that i don't want that to go into anymore and yeah but that's just something i think is kind of a beautiful thought is that if everyone were to find where they truly want to go that they would get that i like that i think i think that idea is the perfect place to kind of wrap this up Man, Nate, thank you for popping on here. I I really appreciate that I was able to have you on for this episode. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It has been an amazing pleasure, and I'm so happy that you invited me because I, you know, this is an idea that I would love to have shared to people because, you know, even if they have their own beliefs, you know, under this guy or under this umbrella that my belief is what it is, I can say that they're right. And yeah, they'll still be happy. Yeah, I like that, and that ties in kind of to the beginning when we when we were talking about uh, uh, the sharing of information, uh, as well as the the whole uh, just because you're not into something doesn't mean it's not it's not perfect for them. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right, Nate. Where can people find you if uh, they want to search for you online? I would say um, two blessed, two blessed, uh, two best places you can really find me is on uh, Twitch. It'll be twitch.tv forward slash business underscore pug, and then uh, on YouTube 
it'll be business pug there are like five of them it's the one um i'll probably change the picture soon i need to um but it's the one with a like velvet chair pug drawing thing i it's a weird way to describe it but yeah uh, i'll i'll link it in the bio so people can know exactly who the right business person <laughs> there's so many imposters i i was the first one 100 <laughs> percent. i don't care what anyone says i have the proof that i was the very first yeah. one so there's only one true business pug everybody else is wrong every yeah everyone else is every, wrong uh, it's me i know what we were saying <laughs> about the beginning of the podcast that everyone's right but no fuck them no i was right oh so. oh man nate thank you for dropping by absolutely i appreciate it 